watching prohibition fall down. All right, getting back at the Grow Talk, Scotty. You ready? Yes, sir. Yes, ready. Lot of good questions going on. Dudegrows.com under growing. And yeah, that's where we pull these questions from. Let me tell you what we're going to get into today. First off, this is a little Grow Talk preview. What the hell is fresh air, Scotty? Hmm. Hmm. It's, it's just a, a good deep point question. Here. In what dimension, talk. Guru? Talk. <laughs> and talking fresh about, for who? Fresh air for the cannabis plants and the time to be exchanged in air. So we'll talk well, about that. On. That's fucking deep because fresh air for humans and fresh air for plants probably the opposite. I see where you're going there, mm-hmm. man. Recommended IPM products as well as going from indoor to outdoor growing this season. And ooh, this one should be, I got some commentation on mixing fish hydroslate with nutrients, mm-hmm. question mark. Yep, make trying sure it's home when you do that. Trying to bring the dank and flower. Sure last, what sex are you? Hmm. Hmm. Are we allowed to, to, we won't get kicked off YouTube for giving an honest opinion on that? I don't know. What is a <laughs> male and female, oh, that's a hermaphrodite, right? Uh, who knows? No, I don't know that. We'll, we'll talk about it. First off, DGC membership at dudegrows.com, making this show happen, being strong. I was just made aware, I think we have another warehouse guy, potentially Kyle Warehouse, coming on board to help out with some of the duties, the friends list, packing stuff up. Guys, we've got a team, yes. a team behind the podcast. We've got to take care of key content coming to you five days a week, if not six, and getting great guests. So that's $10 a month. We're going to give you the deals, like the Gorilla Grow Tent, in about two weeks sure. or less, May 15th. We're going to pick a winner for that. It's going to go out to one of you lucky members. It's a 5x5 five five Gorilla Grow Tent, which is probably the most popular size for growers. Yeah. Hey, I've been watching Warehouse Kyle for about the last 90 minutes uh, box up and ship this Rapid LED, this 5x5 five five Rapid LED. That'd make a nice companion for that Gorilla Grow Tent. It would, well, the same guy can't win, though. Uh, it'd be, uh, maybe his girlfriend could win <laughs> or significant other. Hang on. Uh, as well as 30% off recharge, free seeds from Seeds Here Now, coupon for 30% off in the DGC outlet to right. get some of our gear that's expanding. Scotty's adding some cups and some shirts and some other things. We'll yep. be in there soon. We'll let you know. That's over on the homepage, dudegrows.com. And uh, what else, man? Just a good feeling, as I say, 30 cents a day. To support the show, it helped you grow. Rhyme it now. A little value for value. If you want to see this community thrive, you got to give a little bit to get. A lot. Heck yeah. All right. Who's growing some dank, man? Dude grows. This is over at dudegrows.com. Second half of the game, coach. So this is, I got some, This I don't know about this one. This is from Brian A. (laughs) And we're looking at a picture here of, it's getting pretty faded. We got some leaves going (laughs) very Yellowed out, beautiful looking buds. Yeah, but he's too early at week to five, fade, though, man. He's at week five and a half. So let me read it here. He's got five and a half of actual flowering time, a little over six weeks in split. Plain water from here, living soil from build a soil. Shit works amazing. Girls started fading around three and a half weeks of flower. Amazing how hard they fade with living soil. Don't think there'd be any fan leaves left for harvest. Still have a month, four weeks. I don't know about that. I I'd be would want want more nutrition in that thing at this point. I wouldn't be wanting it to fade. Am I missing? I don't something? want my plants to usually. They don't look like this until. I mean, they could look like this at harvest, and I'd be happy for right. me if I had like at the most two weeks left. So they could look like this, but still, that's, right that's now is that. when I would want this fade to be starting. 
instead yeah. of it being pretty much completely done. Right. Looks a little early for me, but what do uh, I well, think? Any course, I mean, your buds look good. It's going to be, you know, smokable product. That's gonna, they're going to run out of juice. They're going to take all the nutrition out of the leaves. The leaves are going to die and fall off, like right. he's suggesting. Right. Uh, but should he add? Is she probably add a little nutrition at this point? I don't point? think so, if, especially if it's in the, you know, the build the soil, you know, blends, you know, top dressing and whatnot. That's going to take a long time to get in there. Man, they look good, though. I mean, I'm looking at this last sure. uh, picture here. Uh, let us know how it turns out, man. How the end, I'm sure the, the the flower at the end is going to be very tokable, tasty. It's just that I don't believe you're going to reach your full potential without having nutrition a little bit longer. So in that same situation, use this build-a-soil mix again, and then know when you got your fade, and then know when you can add a top dress kit or top dress something on from build a soil and then you'll be good to go and push it because you want to, yeah, not, this is too quick for a month left. You're in prime time flowering right now. That's what I'm thinking. That is what I'm thinking, brother. I agree with the dude. All right. Shout out to build a soil. If you want to build a soil, buildasoil.com as well as many other products, amendments, raw materials, IPM products, uh, up to what well, he's even got a kit for like 20 acres or some shit. Oh yeah. You tell him how many acres you want. You got it. <laughs> exactly. Sources, the freshest castings of the worms. Well, he knows what he's doing. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Moving on here. We'll get to see, uh, I bet he would know what the hell fresh air is. Okay. Yeah. Fresh air. This is a pretty good one. We're going to talk about this a little in one of those, little break when we do a little, not a webinar, but a little educational show about something with grow. Environment, it's supposed yeah. to be memes. You can come up with a nickname while I'm talking here about what we call those segments. Uh, what up, dude? Scotty Grew, my fellow crew members. I'm happy to be a spec in the DGC universe. Mm. Keep the wake and bakes and grow talks coming. Now, all DGC are more than a spec. You're like there. a strain. You're a strain in the galaxy, bro. <laughs> so I don't seem to have a problem <laughs> with stale air. But I do not have consistent air exchange. If I did, my humidity would drop as low as 30%, and it was not worth the energy or effort to raise the humidity in the bedroom. Since I haven't had any noticeable problems with stale air, I thought of closing up the tent on a weekend and monitor every hour to find out what I actually see symptoms to gain better understanding. Before I make sad plants, I should hear what the DGC has to say. And I, he goes, can I trust that if CO2 levels are normal, that the air is still fresh? Yeah, I mean, so I, what he's saying there, I, I'm going to say yes to. I mean, if your, your CO2 is maintaining at least, you know, I'm going to say 450 to 500, and it can maintain that, that's like atmospheric levels to a degree. It depends on where you live. Right. Uh, then, yeah, if that's where they stay at, that's you don't need air in and out. I mean, obviously, you, you have to be supplementing CO2 somehow right, at that right. point. Because the plants but, are using CO2 and putting out oxygen, correct? Correct. So is there a problem with getting too much oxygen in the air or something like that? No, the there's not like an oxygen toxicity for the plant. Right. Um cuz it still uses oxygen to respire um and turn the energy it made from photosynthesis into usable food for the plant. Right. Um Well, that's But, but the amount of CO2 that's in there, that's really 
like you can think of stale air for a person and stale air for a plant as almost complete opposites of each other. Stale air for us would be if you're in a submarine and you run out of oxygen right. to supplement with very quickly, you're going to deplete the oxygen and put too much CO2 in the, into the air. A plant. Is that like is the, one to, of the worst ways to go? That happened to some cats, some submarine. I think you just get delirious and like pass out. Yeah. I seen it on a movie one time. It was awesome. Now, if there's like a fire in the submarine, that's like the worst of both worlds. Yeah, that's carbon monoxide. Man. Yeah, that's just smoke. But yeah, but, but really, for st- air to be stale for a plant, it's it's really just along with CO two. I mean, you could have dirty air, but that's not. I wouldn't really call that stale. Um, and that's that's depending on where you're. Like, if you're pulling your air from a crawl space, right? There could definitely be some fungal stuff flying around in your air, and you could have dirty air with pollutants in it, but. It's not really stale. Stale and, and seeing negative effects on the plant really quickly are going to be from you the plant depleting all the CO2 in that room and it not being replenished by any source. So and then you're basically starving the plant. So and, and so the short answer is you, if you just replenish with CO2, you're going to be fine. You don't need to exchange the air? Yes. Deal. I think you might have answered. He goes, there seems to be a lot of factors such as plant respiration, changes of gas levels and their relative ratios, and even bacterial growth. Um, can anyone, um, which you just did, elaborate on the timetable of how it all works in a small space in terms of how soon <clears throat> the fresh air is needed? Because he's saying in his his tent's dumped on a humidistat, and the frequency varies, but it's at least once an hour, usually more, for a couple minutes at a time. Right. I just have no clue if I'm walking the line or not. The bedroom isn't completely sealed and also has a vent register in the ceiling. And she said, he says, I don't expect the room that the tent's in, the bedroom, to ever get very stale. Thanks for all the feedback. So that's what I was questioning, too. I mean, if he's exhausting the tent for two to three minutes, two times an hour, I don't right. know if that's enough, technically, really to monitor it. If you want to, you know, you I don't know what the exact rule of thumb is. I would have a CO2 desktop monitor in there to see what's going on. And, 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 and all of that is also assuming that this tent perfectly seals up. Which in no way it, it does. Right. They e- do have vent e- holes. Even the best tents have have vent holes. Air is going to slip through the zippers. Mm-hmm. Um, even just fine, like uh, at the seams, air 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 is able to get through those. So, and, and but he's right about the humidity too, because when the plant uh, uh, respire, is a respire or transpire. I'm stoned. Transpires. Man. And what do we respire? Well, plants respire too. So photosynthesis takes. Takes sunlight and mm-hmm. turns it into sugar. Right. The plant. Right. Uh, the plant then respires and turns that sugar into usable energy for itself to complete its like biological processes. And through that, at the end product, kind of it transpires out water, uh, water and oxygen. Right. And well, that's, good well, real quick, that's prespire. I mean, you put a P on it from respire to prespire, and that's what we do. You know, we sweat. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, we respire too. Actually, oh, don't trip me out. Man. Yeah, it, it's a whole like basically all cells will go through something like that. So, yeah, I'll tell you, by the end of this, we should all be able to pass like ninth grade botany. And there's two devices I, I recommend. And I know every grower's on a different budget, mm-hmm. but that CO2 monitor from Hydro Farm is dope. It monitors your, your temps, it data logs all the shit. The main reason I like is it is it's CO2. And if you want to go above that, I always talk about the pulse monitor because that gives you your mobile alerts, which is awesome. Right. But you, I mean, why not? A CO2 monitor is just over 100 bucks, I think, on Amazon. 
I do just want to say most of the cheaper CO2 monitors, Mm -hmm. the way they calibrate themselves is every 24 hours, it recalibrates whatever it's into to atmospheric to like 400. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to think. What was it? I had a Net Atmo in right. my grow at Scott's house that right. in a room yeah, that was at 1500, 1500 parts per million CO2. It was reading 400 ppm. I didn't really like that one as well. It no, that that thing that thing was awful. It had a lot of issues with it. Hey, I will but, say that if you're going to get a, mo- a CO2 monitor, spend the extra couple bucks and get the CO2 monitor controller and just set it at 600, 700, 1800 ppm and let that shit rock. That's what. Lazy Scotty does. You gotta get lazy. Yeah, but that at that point, that's a way more significant investment. If you don't plan on enriching with CO two, you just want to know what's going on to see if you have to, because then you got to buy the controller. Oh yeah. The tank. Tanks aren't cheap, and then depending on where you're at, mm-hmm, refills are like forty bucks in freaking where I'm at. <laughs> well, Even I though I've realize- got my tank to last a month now, but. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't realize we we're just monitoring the CO two and not juicing it up, man. Yeah, if you have the means. Juice it up. Yeah, that's a huge, huge advantage to CO2 make plays a huge advantage. All right. Recommended IPM products. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. From DK. Says, hey, DGC, first time grower here. I'm about to flip to flower. This is a good time. This is one time when I did suggest people make, you know, spray, check out everything. You're about to go into flower. You sure. want to make sure you're clean. Um, I would like to apply a systemic and or fuller application of something to deter aphids, mites, gnats, etc. during flowering. I was going to apply a systemic to the soil that contains imidacloprid. Imidacloprid. Uh, yes. Isn't there two? Is there both of those? Is no. there one and not the? Imidy. Imidacloprid. But that's, is that the uh, nicotine-based one? That is a neonicotinoid, and we'll get into no, that. You could probably put that in your bait pen, bro. I'm telling you, we're going to get into that. But I've read some posts that they this chemical isn't approved for cannabis. What would you guys recommend? Thanks. Yeah, so Guru and I were talking about this this a little bit earlier. And first off, we should just talk about the word systemic, just in case anybody is uh, not familiar with it. It means going through the system, basically. You know, if I could just simplify it as much as possible. So it's staying in the tissue. So that's like when the bugs eat it. It's not something that's foliar. That's It's just uh, on the surface. It's coming through the, the vascular tissue of the plant. So it'll stay in that plant for a long time. So when I see synthetic uh, half Half-life, half-life also, also doesn't mean it's gone after that, sure. that amount of time. It means the concentration half. is half. Yeah. So so you can still have plenty of, of pesticide in something that's gone through its half-life. Well, what's the, there's a lot. I mean, we're going to go. Our outlook is there's a lot of cool things going on with biocontrol now, right? Yeah. But I, I shouldn't I, say just now. But systemic-wise, is there anything in that arena that's like biocontrol that you're going to get into the plant? Uh, no, I, I, no, a healthy plant. There, I mean, there I'm talking- are some uh, beneficial fungal organism for, organisms for plants okay. that will actually send hyphae into the vascular system of the plant and through it. I guess you could maybe call that systemic, but but none, none of those are used commercially for stuff. They're still years away. In, yeah, it's more like a shield than it is a synthet- something systemic. Well, and, it's hard to say. Yeah. I, I just want, wanted to talk about these neonicotinoids for a second before we got too deep sure. on anything else because 
I did want to bust Guru's balls a little bit. Remember we were talking last week and he says, oh, nicotine is a nootropic and there's nothing wrong with it. And these neonicotoids are variants of nicotine. Did I say there's nothing wrong with it or did I say it's a lot better than smoking cigarettes? I don't know. I'm really bad. Ask my wife. I'm really bad at repeating what other people say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, so a neonicotoid is a variant of nicotine. Does that mean it's safe? Does that mean if this guy sucks it up systemically, then he's going to be able to uh, smoke it? This is going to be like smoking a quarter of a cigarette? Amidacloprid is used on a lot of commercial products. Uh, crops, it's it is. it slowed down a lot because they figured out that it was it was kind of the cause of like colony collapse disorder with bees. Yeah, and we like need, completely banned in Europe, right? And we need yep. the bees. Yeah, completely banned in Europe, and they only use it uh, in emergencies with mosquito infestations and like out outbreaks of. Uh, diseases coming from that. I mean, here it's everywhere. Here you go and you say, I've got some bugs on my bamboo. And they go, here, take some of this. And it's like a gallon of this shit. It's it's big in citrus too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they've got the citrus greening and whatnot. It's interesting to talk to those guys. They're like, we got to save our crop. We'll spray anything on it. And weirdly, it's used on tobacco a lot too. But oh but it, but in a, in in a way, that's how the how gross and dirty the tobacco industry is. They're using stuff like that on stuff that people are going to smoke. I guess their their logic is that it's already causing cancer. Like, what's the big issue, anyways? <laughs> but if you're having a consumable crop, and especially a consumable crop that's consumed consumed by you smoking it, right? Yeah, uh, combusting. You don't want to use something that's systemic at all. Um, there's been a lot of innovation in the last couple of years in terms of like biopesticides right. that are available. That's what I'm talking um, about. And there are some leaders in that. And one of them is actually the only one that's taken the time to uh, actually uh, pitch to the cannabis industry. Right. And they have uh, smaller sizes for smaller grows and stuff. Right. Their own bio innovations. Yeah. Yeah. And they I have follow a, them. a whole line of biopesticides. And just in not just in small scale cultivation, but in the grand scheme of things, these are pretty novel, uh, either trying to think like, uh, substances, plants make insects, make certain microbes, stuff that, uh, has a lot of benefit in their unique modes of action that can be used in conjunction with traditional pesticides to extend their life so that we don't just breed resistant, uh, uh, pests almost immediately. So really cool that, and they're also safe to use on crops that you're going to be smoking. Um, yeah, they, they hung out uh, because you're right. Making the point of a smaller size, some there are products and there are companies. I don't know how many currently that can access stuff from big ag. Right. They can only get like a 50 gallon drum of it, and then they just package it down, quadruple the price, try and sell it to the cannabis growers. Um, so yeah, no, that's a cool angle that they have. I was going to recommend a couple tips on. When you go to flower first, of course, man, scope the hell out of everything. Inspect your whole garden. Look under the leaves. Look on top of the leaves. Hope you got sticky traps out and you're going to be trying to catch anything potentially at the soil level. Maybe a couple hanging here and there at canopy level never hurts. Good indicators uh, as well as if you're going to spray anything. Like right now is not a horrible time if you want to those it's like essential. I don't know if I call essential oil. You know, a lot of mixes came out for mites with right. lemongrass or this and that and 
I'm not against those. I'm just against those for when you're into bloom a decent amount. I don't want to spray that on my flowers. Right. Well, right. and we kind of want to explain IPM a little bit to this guy. Sure. Because um, he's got a misunderstanding of it that he should just have a systemic as his pest management. And that's one way to approach things that you really don't want to do for cannabis. The idea more is on prevention. So your cultural practices, make sure you have a clean grow room, make sure there's not uh, dead plant material on the ground everywhere. Plenty of fans moving Plenty air around. Plenty of fans moving air around, stuff like that. And then use some a lot lighter controls. And think of it as you go in like stages from using like neem and uh, uh, just maintenance spray like overgrow or something from right. optic foliar. And then move on to if you have your notice from your sticky traps there's something, then you need to kind of up the stage that you're in. To go to like DEFCON 2 and be ready to, to use some of these biopesticides. And even in like greenhouse management, for the most part, uh, strong systemic fungicides and pesticides are like your last resort on stuff. Um, in, in cannabis, it shouldn't be one of your resorts. The, the, you, you ideally, you should call your garden if, if it gets bad to a certain point, it's not manageable anymore. But the idea, the idea is to manage, not to just go for the knockout blow immediately. Try and not get in the fight to begin with instead of having to having to fight someone. Yeah, and don't forget, beneficial predators are really good for this too. You can release some ladybugs, which are just kind of something that eats general pests. Only if I got some food. Only if I have. I'm not going to do it unless I know I have a problem. Yeah, I guess you're right. I have some thrips right now in the garden. You can buy. I'm not sure where you get it um, locally, but in commercial agriculture, you can get uh, grass infected with grass mites. Um, and they'll keep well. Grass mites are non-pathogenic to almost any other crop except for the grass well, that they grow on. That's how you on. get your spider mites. That's their that's, food sources. That's so the mites, predators. the predators will go to those grass mites when they because they like spider mites more. So they'll eat the spider mites and then go to the grass mites when they run out of food, so that they're still going to be able to persist in that garden. Uh, and the grass mites are able to outproduce them, so that they can't really control them. They can just. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah, and then they'll go to the spider mites. Yeah, I've got to come back. So it, it's really cool to you when you use predators. It's best to have a place for the predators to have a food source that's not um, w- what uh, you're targeting in your garden. Sure, is the pest. Yeah, that makes sense. Just don't get bugs, man. All right. Ideally, uh, don't get bugs. Like if you the get them, they'll manage that population. Yeah, and if you're going to spray something, which we didn't say, spray something on part of one of your plants first before you get excited and spray the whole garden just to make sure. Or the whole root zone. Spraying the whole root zone with something's a real quick way to fry a plant with pesticides. Yeah, you want to make sure you're not going to get burned. And while we're at it, if you're going to spray something, use some transport to get it delivered into the mesophilic layer or to spray your lights on. Um, Transport from optic foliar. Shout out to the niche. And if even after all this, you do go with a midocloprid, uh, Get you a, uh, a nice gas mask, too. Well, you're going to be smoking it anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, cool, man. Let's hit on to uh, where are we at? Where we're at from indoor to outdoor growing. Yeah, come on. Come on. All right. So <clears throat> this is in SoCal. This is by Swift Guy going from indoor to outdoor this season. I've been growing indoors in SoCal for two years. My setup is as follows. I've got a four by <clears throat> eight by 12 living soil bed. All right. That's, That's pretty, a four foot by eight foot by 12 inch. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was thinking in 12 foot. I'm like, I'm huge. I'm confused. Yeah. That's bigger than his tent. You got four by yeah. eight by seven four. tent. All right. Got Carbon it. Carbon filter, exhaust fan, HLG 550 V2, 
a C G C three fifty and a dwarf star. What's a dwarf star? I don't know, sir. LED. That's all his lighting. Isn't that like water with I don't know. Blue moths and hand water are the extras like recharge. Beautiful, beautiful. And we like we keep on hearing about those blue moths. We gotta get those guys on the show. Those things are nice. As long as you get them dialed in right, they're nice. I know all I know all a good amount about growing, but I can always learn more. My question is what should I do or not do when transitioning from indoor growing to outdoor growing? When should I start seeds? When should I put them outside? Any tips would be helpful. What he wants to accomplish, his outdoor garden would be in Southern Cal, west-facing, foot south-facing light from 12 to 4. I want three to five plants max, as I don't want the smell to be overwhelming. And he's popping a five-pack of seeds. He just got from Seeds Here Now. And he says, I only want the plants to be three to five feet tall. Is bushy's the idea. Gonna use 10 gal pots, living soil, cocoa peat moss, super soil, bed of rocks. What's a bed of rocks? Lifted on a pallet. Hmm. His goal is one to two pounds. Okay, um, three sure. to five plants. He just only popped five seeds. Keep in mind, you might get two females, you might get four females. Right. I mean, unless she, they're feminized. You can get a pound per plant. I don't what's he going in 10 gallon buckets though? He's going in 10 gals. Right. I think you should go in like, yeah, 20 gals. Yeah, I'd, say, I'd say go a little bit bigger if you can, definitely. Wait, he's in a living soil bed. No, this I don't is going to go he's outside. Got... Oh, okay, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, I'm confused uh, about that too. Oh, I, I, okay. I don't know what genetics you got. Obviously, outside cannabis plants can grow 12 feet tall. Uh, you were gonna have... though. I've seen people that go and they just take, you can either cut the top off or you can just take the top and just stake it down to the ground. You know, if it's six foot tall, when it grows six foot, you take that top and you just, boom, stake it to the ground. And then it's just one way to do it to where it Either you guys ever attempted an outdoor scrog? I mean, it's kind of, no, I haven't, but that's kind of close. What I'm talking about is just you growing a shitload of tops, man. I uh, have not scrogged outdoors. I was going to suggest, I don't know. You got to first off identify when, when do you consider at where you're at in Southern Cal as day, like flowers started. This is when I know I'm into flowering because then, because you're going to top, you can top, I think I topped sometimes three to four times oh, outdoors. Yeah. Absolutely. And you in Southern California, his flowering time isn't really going to matter because he's going to have good weather through to no, actually he's going to have good weather all year round. Sure. Yeah, so him planting his seeds right now, you should be fine with that. I'm not positive if there's a, quote, most ideal grow cycle for cannabis outside in Southern Cal. You line uh, up with the moon, man, lunar cycle. Uh, I mean, go on. Paramagnetism and shit. If you're topping a lot, just make sure you don't top. If you think, hey, actually, like in Colorado, for example, I knew it was August 15th, I considered. That's like my pretty good start of flower. I can see the flowers starting to come in. So that I wouldn't want to top my plant typically any time about 10 days before that. Right. Um, and then be ready to train like three to five feet. You're going to have to be on top of that thing. I would put out a trellis net, I think, outside um, or just a lot of bamboo stakes around if you want. I love the natural look where you could zigzag the plant down at a certain height. Yep. But you're going to have to get good at training, maybe a little super cropping, topping and controlling that plant being mother nature. Yeah, but you can't take that top central bud and just take it on a bamboo stake just just put it uh like a zip tie on there and then just stick that stake into the ground at three foot off the ground and just everything starts growing sideways well yeah but the top's gonna still grow and you just have to keep staking it which is fine until it doesn't stop trying to get height sure sure i'm talking once you you know once you're starting to get close to flowering you can change the shape of the plant quite a bit and it'll very easily adapt 
I'd love to see their how-to video on this. You just walk up to like a six-foot plant. Here's how you do it. You just grab the top and just shove it to the ground and yeah, really you, not that hard. you take that top and you bend it over like that to the ground. Then that six foot top now becomes three foot and all these side branches now become tops. There's some variables in that. I mean, there's some pretty sturdy outdoor plants that aren't going to be too stoked about being bent over, but you might get a little more aggressive than I do. I don't know. I've seen Scotty take an electric hedge trimmer to cannabis plants before. <laughs> hey, I grow trees. That's how you that's how you got the even canopy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> what do you think I got right. today? I think I've seen some of that. I was in your grow one time and I was like, Yeah, hey, so you don't really want to cut this time at the uh <clears throat> yeah, the internodes, you know, just kinda wherever, wherever I, works. I will tell you that I <laughs> Google what the you know, whatever Google memories comes up or whatever it is. And I was like, Oh, three years ago today and I was looking, I had some dank growing there, big fat trees of dank. So I remember I was doing something right. All right, next grow talk is fix, fix, mix, <laughs> fish hydroslate with nutrients, question mark, hosted by Growing Pain 5, or Growing Pains, depending on how you look at numbers as letters. Oh, what a great show from the 80s. What's up with DGC? I'm in week six of flower on a 10 to 11 week cultivar in cocoa. Okay. using the Dynagrow line as my meat and potatoes. All right, and I wanna add a little funky magic in the form of Costa Maine's Roses and Flowers Fish Concentrate, which is an MPK of 220, <clears throat> made from salmon and spiny dogfish hydroslate. Flying <laughs> <laughs> into water in my weekly dose of recharge, and be, I wanna say be careful, he's in week six. This fish hydroslate, our concentrate is only a 2-2, right. two on the nitrogen. Some of them are hotter, like six, Seven I've seen and right. don't use that, uh, but this is a lower one. He goes, I want, I'm planning to water in my weekly dose of recharge, but wasn't sure if I should mix it with my newts like I normally do or with recharge or just plain water. I know the NPK is low, but I want to be sure I'm not going to burn or mess anything up. And yeah, I, I don't know. I remember using that stuff. I would, I would tank mix it actually or mix it in with my recharge and everything like that and didn't have any problems with it. I don't know the science, but I know that it really used to lower the pH a shitload though. Yeah, because they got the, the acid, the preserve, the funk in the bottle with the fish. It's phosphoric. They put phosphoric acid in there. Got so you, you do need to adjust pH after you use something like that because it is going to drive it drive it towards the acidic side. Sure, sure. I overthink stuff. I got worried about using fish and recharge because even though I would think that it, it the phosphoric acid in the fish would have might affect some of the microbes, but I guess the point of that is once you put that tablespoon in a gallon of water at the most probably – and stir it all up, it's just there's not enough phosphoric acid to affect microbes being mixed in, right? So I could do these, use recharge and this, you know, at yeah. the same time. Yeah, I've de like I said, Guru can help us with the science behind it. I've definitely done this, and I know it's worked well. I used to use fish emulsions, uh, which is, I guess that's slightly different than hydroslate, but very similar product. You might find the perfect mix, man, doing a recharge and fish watering because you put that fish in, your pH drops down sometimes to right. like four, some, right. some low. Put in the recharge, it might bring your pH up right into your sweet spot. What do you um, think about him adding this extra nitrogen in week six of flower? I realize it's a 10 or 11 week strain, but still adding the extra nitrogen from the fish. I can't late. imagine he's doing that much of it by volume. I imagine it's just a little bit. No, and the fish really does bring a funky flavor. I would say just do this. It's You're not changing. Just do this on our plan, like a recharge fish day is what I'd call yeah, it. Yeah, not a I ton of this. I wouldn't add it into just my style. There's no science here, but I wouldn't add it in with the Dynagrow where you already have probably a, a source of nitrogen in the base MPK of those bottles. 
and do this. We used to say once a retreat, bring the dank, a little fish. So right. I'm, I'm down for it. I like that. Coast of Maine uh, has some cool products, but they're just not economical to get to me where I'm at. So I'm on the coast of BC. <laughs> yeah, you got to think responsibly, brother. <sighs> All right. Hope that helped there. Growing pain five. <laughs> Growing pain five. All right. One more grow talk here. One more grow talk. <laughs> yes. Come on. Help, what? Help, help somebody figure this out. They're confused, obviously, man. What sex are you? All right. I'm a man, baby. By Canna Abide. As a low dude's got a guru, Warehouse Kyle, and all the awesome DGC crew. Look, right. Warehouse Kyle he's, even made it into Grow Talk. He's in the mix. I'm telling you, he's doing those real bakes in the morning. He's getting canone. Just became a member about a month ago and Get loved back. the joining gifts of Optic Foliar, Seeds Here Now. In fact, I received two packs from Seeds Here Now. Love it, yeah. lucky dog. <laughs> now I'm going to get emails. Why didn't I get my two packs? All right. That leads to my question. I'm currently growing in a 2x4 tent with two HLG 100 lights. I typically run two five-gallon bags with feminized seeds. This setup works well for me. I tend to average about three to four ounces per plant. Being able to provide great medicine for my spouse's chronic pain and anxiety, and plus I get some mental relaxation and pain relief for myself. It has been great relief, and this is I'm 55 and have all the aches and pains from my misspent youth that goes along with that. God, yo, he's saying what I'm thinking lately. I go bend down and pick something up, and I just go, ah, oh, and I'm like, well, I didn't really mean to do that. It's kind of just unconscious that came out. Hmm. You never think about that, all the uh, hard falls and crashes and things. Yes, I sleep different now at 41, although somebody the other day said, you can't be more than 35. I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> Getting the gray hairs, though. I was told Silver Fox, Scotty, Silver Fox. Huh, good luck with all that, Mr. Silver all right. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, I would like to run the seeds I receive from seeds here now, but they're regular seeds. I know I need to plant them, veg them, flip them, and then call out the males. Right. But with only a two by four tent, he says uh, he can do two five to seven gallons or four three ground four three gallon containers. It would be nice to know if these plants are male or female before they go into flower. The way if I only had two females out of the five, I could up them to five or seven gallons prior to the flip. I know I how to tell on. a really quick way to tell if plants are females, and that is you grow them up. As soon as you can take your first cut out of them, you take the cut, and then you put those cuts even before they root in uh, twelve hour under 12 hours of light. Think about like a, a flower in a flower vase is kind of what you're trying to do with that cutting. Yep. Hey, you could also take a cutting and send it to Phylos Bioscience, and they'll give you a genetic <laughs> test, or they'll, give, they'll <laughs> test it for you and tell you if it's a male or female. Wow. Because I've seen online that there's Good ways to determine sex during veg. But my late father always said, don't believe everything you read. Is this a bunch of bull? Can you, any way you can determine in late veg? I mean, not, I'm, have you heard anything about determining sex before you flip the flower off? No, I, I use that surefire trick, which is you've got to uh, trim them up anyway. So if you're going to trim them up, you're not going to veg, or you're not going to flower up two week old plants. So when they're a couple weeks old, when they, you know when you want to cut the top out of it, you cut that top out and you clone it. You act like you're cloning it. It'd be nice to have a clone. But it'd plant. be nice to be able to get two to three clones per plant in case one, what two don't take on sure. you know. Why not though? Why wouldn't you be able to? You think or about just don't even worry about rooting that clone. Just take that cut and put it in a, a vase of. I, I like to do like 200 parts per million veg nutrients in it, um, just to make sure that it doesn't just uh, like start to use up what's in it. Right. But yeah, just take that, put it in a 12, 12. And after like four or five days, 
you'll know the sex of it. And if you just wait to like 40 days into veg, at some point during veg, the plant will show its sex. Oh, um, tell me about that. What do you almost, mean? almost all the plants, they show preflowers. Meaning the little things like in if, between if the nodes? If the plant's allowed to veg long mm-hmm. enough, it will show preflowers. Meaning and those little pistols that come yeah, out. Yeah, at, at, the, at the nodes, there will mm-hmm. be either a little pistol or a little pollen sack that starts to form. And you can tell pretty quickly from the preflowers. Very if you don't want to do the take a cutting and flat, just start to put that in a flowering environment and see what it does. Yeah, I mean, in all my years of growing, it's always been people handing me down great cuts. And I never even, you know, yeah. they're females. I mean, it's 2019. Wait. You got to wonder if, if what you get is a female now, huh? He can't can't abide. Follows uh, up here and says, "I also thought about starting all five, doing a shortened veg period, and take clones, such as you guys suggested." But Guru, you're suggesting even just not cloning it, but put him in a vase in 12-12 within a, ten, a week or ten days. You'll probably be able to see what you need to see. No, within within uh, like four days, you should see preflowers. Four days? I mean, spring for a rock will cube, damn it. <laughs> Four days is pretty quick, in my humble opinion. Uh, he goes, but due to a lot of different reasons, that won't be an ideal situation. The main reason being I'm in a prohibition twilight zone. <laughs> and Four plants equal a misdemeanor. Five plants equal a felony. Rooted see plants, if you can, Rooted. See if you can guess the state. I don't know. I don't have any any guesses. Hey, we could just give me a PCR machine and I'll do genetics testings for people and let them know if it's, huh. if it's male or female. I'd be scared to see and what you do. sell it to Monsanto. <laughs> oh, wait. Someone already did that. I like your advice with the vase potential. Sometimes this is the situation when you, uh, you might have to uh, you might have to be a felon for a little bit, man. But you're only a felon if you get caught. Oh, so that's a good t-shirt when, right there. When you're taking uh, when you're taking clones, uh, this is the time when plant count. You know, the, the growers don't make the plant counts, man, unless they don't count. You know, if the plant's under a foot or this or that. So, but good luck. Let us know what you do. Hopefully, you just got all females somehow. That would yeah. be tight. But rooted. I always thought it was rooted cuttings is what counted. Uh, yeah, I don't know the vase method thing. Uh, maybe that wouldn't that wouldn't count at all. Yeah, yeah I, I think your out. your lawyer would have something to work with with the vase method. Yeah, throw away the key. All right, before who's sling and recharge? I haven't talked about it in a minute. Uh, extract craft man, the source turbo. Did you actually send one? Out? Were you hooking up Jr. with the one you had at the bakery? I am. He needs. I, I haven't sent it out yet, but we're gonna make Rick Rick Simpson oil with it. It's the perfect machine to make that Rick. Simpson. Hey, wait a minute. He said not to call it RSO anymore. Maybe or people aren't calling it RSO. Didn't want to give Rick Fico. Fico sounds disgusting, man. What does FICO stand for? I don't know. Full, Full extract, extract cannabinoid yeah. oil. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to make your own, you can get an extract craft source turbo. It makes its own shatter or concentrates, if yep. you will, with your own flower. It uses alcohol and it, I don't know, I was going to say re-catches it. That's lame. It doesn't, how, what's this, the technology? I'm, I'm at a loss it for reclaims words. it. Yes, reclaims. Thank you, sir. If you're not blasting through the alcohol, uh, the great deal over there, coupon code DUDE, as well as uh, veterans. E. Coley will hook up the veterans with a great deal as well. I think our coupon code's like up, I think it's $50 off, so it's actually a pretty good deal. Nice. And save some money. If you're going to be using this thing compared to going out to the dispensaries, 
or the black market, which I don't know which one's more expensive where you're at. Edibles are expensive. At the dispensary, edibles are expensive. To make 20 bucks for 100 milligrams of edibles, you'd be way better off making them out of this thing. So me and Scotty are going to get our medical cards. Hey, hey, hey. Get the 500 milligram ones for the cost of the 100 milligram ones. Hang on a second. He, she was, the, guy was, the guy was like, I don't know what sex they are now. The guy was like, hey, if you want the peanut butter, it's 2,000 milligrams for 50 bucks. Hey, Zeus, Crystal, man. Extractcraft.com. Go check it out. Go check out their YouTube instructional videos. The machine has been tested, tried, and true. Been out yeah. for a few years now. Yep. All right. So who's still going to recharge? I got Grow Generation in Livonia, Michigan. Michigan, very strong state for home growers. Respect over there. Absolutely. We need to go over there. Have ourselves a little event. Got a little. Possibly. Possibly. Maybe. Uh... August, September, something might be going down. Got some friends out there. Got some friends. That's all we're saying. I think we need to go visit them. They come visit us all the time. I feel that. Uh, well, let's see here. Let's put it in the bag with some shout-outs, man. Why don't you get it, get it started? Ah, I'm with the official Holy Smokes and Greenhouse Hemp. Going with Kevin Grows and Frosty Rockies. Oh, that sounds nice. It sounds better than the Midwest Mafia and Bay City Hydroponics. Introvert Grower. And go get mommy's meds. <laughs> <laughs> Roman 23 and brain on trip. All right. All right, guys. Peace out. Stay higher. We'll be back at you. Nice. Take it easy, dude. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And when the boss says is to take a little break, that means we're lighting up a dude. It's just weird. It's just weed. I like to keep the good buzz on, on, on. It's just weed. It's just weed. In my toolbox, there's a bomb. Some people start their day off with a pill. It's what the doctor says to do. They shake their heads and natural medicine. Go ahead and try something new. new, new. It's just weed. It's just weed. It's just weird, it's just weird I like to smoke it out of me Get me!